Yes. Clinton. Yes. Clinton. Yes. I am. I love you. Sentimental gold. 16 years after the atomic bomb ended the war, newlyweds Betty and Barney Hill found themselves on a lonely road. The two were unknowingly moving right into the vicious path of fate. When Betty saw a flash in the sky, she thought maybe it was a falling star. However, the object seemed to be falling upward. The two pulled off into a picnic area south of Twin Mountain, New Hampshire. When Barney began looking through binoculars, he realized that what they were seeing was not a falling star and it was not an airplane. Terrified by what he saw, Barney Hill attempted to go back to the car. Unfortunately, the surreal events were already in motion. The following is the strange story of Betty and Barney Hill, the first reported abduction by extraterrestrials we want to believe. Welcome to episode 11 we're episode 11 it's it's barney and betty hill baby and we're back for gucci's podcast um before we get started today i'm clinton i'm jake and i'm kim kim is actually my irish twin kim's my older sister and she's subbing this week for carter because carter's in rehab for pornography and that's okay carter we support you we wish you the best everyone clap for carter please quietly just, I mean, if you will, just keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and, and prayers. Carter actually worships Satan, so if you could, uh, <laughs> you know, sacrifice somebody at an altar or something for him. And, and if you know him great. personally, have him lotion his calluses. Yep, yep, please. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> That's a good idea. So we're going to be talking today about, it's a really popular abduction story. You guys have probably heard about it before. It's the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. And I think we should get right off the bat and say, Betty and Barney, are they the from Flintstones? They're not. These are a biracial couple in the 60s, baby. And, and it makes it really hard to look up, like, this case because... You get into it, that. Yeah, it just pulls up the Flintstones every single time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Betty and Barney Hill movie or documentary, and it's always the Flintstones. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, they're like, get cute, and you're like, mm, I don't think I trust this website. I'm not going to click on this video. Yeah. But the, <laughs> <laughs> the main characters, this is a fantasy movie. The, the characters that we're going to be talking about a lot about are Barney Hill. He's a black, older man. He's a World War II veteran. Betty Hill, who's a white woman. They were in love. That's cool. And then Benjamin Simon, he's a hypnotist, um, yep. which I don't know what the qualifications of a hypnotist are. I think you have to be wearing a lot of velvet robes to be a hypnotist. But he's a hypnotist. Um, so what, wasn't there another hypnotist, Sweat? Sweat, yeah. I guess we'll talk about him later. He's just his homeboy, yeah. He's not like a super involved in the character. But So we've been doing this thing. We did it last podcast. We did the beginning of this podcast where we've all purchased shots for each other. These little mini shooter bottles. And we're going to distribute them. Do you guys see my bag? It's next to your foot. It's next to your foot. All right. So I'm going to give Jake one. He's going to give me one. And we're going to distribute them. So everyone hand them out. (laughs) Oh, Kim. No. (laughs) Yes. Oh fuck! All right. Oh, thank you. you now know read them and weep. So I'm gonna. I got from Jake peppermint schnapps from Mister Boston. Yeah, it's a really fucking <laughs> reputable distributor of alcohol. And then Kim got me 99 peanut butter whiskey. Bitch. Yes. Kimberly, this I is was gonna so taste excited like a when fucking, she found that. This is gonna taste like a squirrel's asshole. Peanut butter whiskey. That can't yeah. be fucking good. What'd you get, Kim? Um, I got. 
Red Stag Jim Beam, which is like, thank you. You know me well. And then um, 99 Bananas Blue Raspberry. So. What'd you get, Jake? We were nice. Yeah, you guys uh, are sweet. Oh, Cam got me apple cider whiskey, which we were just talking about how much I don't like whiskey. So thank you. And then uh, Clint got me a black heart. Premium spiced rum, and, and it's got a sexy pirate on the front. Ooh. So I'm going to I'm gonna do my peanut butter whiskey first. I'm going to do it right now. You do yours, Jake. Oh, fuck. Kind of nervous. Yo. Ugh. Did you spit up? A little bit. It wasn't good? You didn't like the black heart? <laughs> Jake. If yeah, you just spit on the garage floor and dick it. We can trade if you don't want to drink the whiskey. No, he has to. No, I'll drink it. Well, I didn't realize he, we were talking about whiskey, but I didn't hear him say he didn't like it. So. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. <laughs> I'm like, shit. Actually, now that I, I think about it, we were talking about it afterwards. Yeah, no one has any sympathy for me. Maybe just fucking slurp down the <laughs> peanut butter. It? Is it not it was, was it good? It's actually not bad. Yeah, so I took a gamble and you won. Like, don't complain about it. All right, bro. Do what you're doing, Kim. The raspberry. How was it? Strong, but raspberry. It's like what people think a raspberry would taste like if it was 3D printed. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a good. Yeah. All right, bro. Do you guys um, want some nerds rope? Yeah, I do want some nerds rope, actually. Don't lose any nerds. Yeah, if you lose nerds. That's the downfall of nerds rope. Is the fallout of the nerds. This is like, yeah. this is like yeah. weird. They make nerds rope, bi rope bites so that you don't have that problem. Oh, that's oh, a that's lot. A good idea. I just found a beetle on my lap. A beetle? Yeah. Probably Who brought it from home, man. Fuck you. I didn't bring it from home. <laughs> <laughs> I would have it from home. <laughs> if it's not my pet beetle, I would have been yeah. crying. He brought no, it with his head. Yeah, he's dead. You guys, you, you got a dead theory. beetle on you. It's the witches. Dude, you, yeah, it's the, it's the Instagram witches we follow. Yeah, but thank you guys for following us. We're, uh, we're afraid to unfollow any witches, so we just keep them following them. Well, just that means a bunch of people. Guaranteed follow. By us, if you guys want us to. So yeah. follow back and we'll follow you, even if you're a witch, because Clint's terrified. You guys can do that at, at uh, Gucci's <laughs> Podcast on Instagram, Gucci's Podcast on Twitter. Our emails, Gucci's Podcast at gmail.com. Send us drink ideas, stories, shit you want us to cover, or criticisms of Carter because he's a bitch. Everyone say something mean about Carter. You know, I'm not going to say something mean about Carter. Wow, not I Carter. like Carter. I like Carter too, but I'm sad. I miss him because he's not here. This yeah, week. I miss Carter too. Yeah. He's not actually in rehab. He's, but we're happy to have Kim. He's in Portland. Thank you. For the back thought. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we doing our next shot? I didn't mean to make that sound bitchy. Oh, fuck. We're doing it Okay. Let's oh, do this. Let's do cheers. Cheers. Gucci's Podcast 11, baby. And I'm drinking Mr. Bo uh. Boston's Peppermint Schnapps. Oh, that was rough for me. Mr. Boston. Oh, my gosh. Dude, Mr. Boston tastes like <laughs> Big Five gum. That's what it sounds. Oh. What? Five gum? It tastes like Five gum, the spearmint kind. That's good though, right? No, dude. Yo, I'm already getting drunk, so like, Ooh. let's do this. Yes, right, bro. Because the 99 bananas is 99 proof. I don't know if you guys realize that. Yeah. Where the 99 comes 45 from. Point, 49.5 percent alcohol. Yeah. But it's little, and this one is. That's not little. That's like super high. The Kim, vodka that we're drinking. Kimberly, there's only one way to get to the black part is 93 proof. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> so Jake, would you read us a little bit about the background? <clears throat> So Betty and Barney Hill were a couple from New Hampshire. New Hampshire's in New England. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. I had to look it up, actually. I didn't know. Is it like Inception? Like, is no, what all of the eastern is? coast up in the like upper part is New England. New England's... Um, An actual place. Yeah. It's like, it's like um, two hours away. They're all close, but New Hampshire's a different 
That's Fox why they Ohio. have different. I names. thought it was like the Midwest. It's like you say the Midwest. You could be talking about Ohio. You could be talking about mm-hmm. Iowa. But fuck them. Fuck. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, like the New England Patriots. The only reason I mention it is because <laughs> we talk about like some of the driving and stuff. We actually don't mention New England. But anyway, so. Uh, Barney was born on June 20th of 1922 in Newport News, Virginia, which is a sick name of a town. There isn't a lot of information about Barney's childhood other than him dropping out of high school and joining the military when he turned 18 years old. Barney served in the military during World War II. I think he actually joined eight months before the, the war started. But as a young man, he was honorably discharged after suffering an injury that caused him to lose his teeth. And this was a grenade accident that they call it. Did you guys not? Did you not know that? No. <laughs> so, so he lost his teeth because of a grenade accident. But if you're in a war and a grenade blows up, is that an accident? So yeah. what I'm thinking happened is he accidentally set off a grenade and it blew up in his face. God damn. Well, he only lost his teeth, so I don't know how that. But worked. it might have been someone throwing it at him. Yeah, but how do you lose your teeth and not like fuck up your face? All I, I can know. think of is Mike TV eating the gum for his enemies. You know what I mean? The, like, exploding gum. The and Mike TV? What's Mike TV? Off of, like, Willy Wonka when they're like, hey, it's, like, it's oh, gu- yeah. exploding gum for your enemies. And he eats it. He's like, whoo, that's got a lot of power. That's all I can imagine. So that 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 dude's going to look like that to me for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys sense. are aware. He's an and eight-year-old boy forever now. So afterwards, uh, once he was discharged, he enrolled at Temple University and met a woman named Ruby Horn who he married and had two children with. Uh, Eunice Elizabeth Barrett, who went by Betty, was born in June of 1919, so she was three years older than Barney. After college, she became a social worker and was very good at her job. She was eventually promoted to be the supervisor of the local child welfare department. She had a master's degree in social sciences from the University of New Hampshire. Betty had been married to a man that she met during her sophomore year at UNH, that year, Betty had a stomach infection that had prevented her from returning to college. After she recuperated, she got a job at a restaurant and met Bob. Bob was a chef and a hardworking man. <laughs> <laughs> Bob was a chef and a hardworking man? Is this a John Mellencamp song? What the fuck? And, and Betty immediately fell for him. In an interview, Betty said, quote, At the time, you either went to college or got married. So I got married. <laughs> they were married June 7th, 1941. Bob had three children from a previous marriage that they initially intended to partially financially support and visit on weekends. But when Bob's ex-wife heard that he got remarried, she dropped the kids off with Bob's mom and took off. She had also gotten remarried and was expecting twins at the time. So because Bob's mother couldn't take care of the kids, they're all under eight years old, I think, she took them to Betty and Bob, and eventually they ended up taking care of the kids full-time. And so Betty began a life as a full-time mother and homemaker and found the job to be challenging. She raised the kids until they became more independent and left Bob, who had been cheating on her for many years. What a dick. Dude, that's Hard, so sad. Hardworking and cheating on her, fucking dickhead. Could you imagine being like a wife and like knowing your husband's dicking down other people, but you're like, what am I going to do? Like, you know what I mean? And she's like, just taking care of his yeah, kids. Yeah, she's taking care of his kids. I don't know. I would have done like petty ass shit, like cut holes in his socks and like just like (laughs) little revenge. Like if he's allergic to something, he's getting microdosed that thing every fucking day. Like, (laughs) fuck you. Bro. (laughs) I'm feeling I'm feeling good, dude. No, I'm lit. Yo, yo, we should Clint's about to start screaming. Yeah, no. (laughs) Fuck off. Listen, on page six, I wanna call Carter. Okay. Oh shit. We're gonna prank call Carter and we're gonna say something mean to him. Keep keep reading, Jake. 
I still haven't put on my shoes. <laughs> Walk on the heels of your shoes, dude. Well, I just didn't put them on, and they're like double knotted, and they're kind of. You've done that for a long time. You did that back when we used to live together. I remember that. Yeah, I'm just lazy. Wait, what do you do? He's walking on the heels of his shoes. And stuff. Oh, I do that all of the time. Like, yeah, I throw him on like an old Mexican s- grandma who's like one. ready. <laughs> 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 you know exactly what I'm talking about, too. You throw that shit on so you can beat your grandkid up. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, here you We're here for it. All right, Jake. <laughs> so, so, she, so Betty bought a home with the money she got from the divorce. And not long after, she was approached by an oil company that offered to buy the house from her. After some negotiation with the company, Betty's real estate agent was able to make a deal that made Betty enough money that she was able to return to college. The craziest part is that when she asked the oil company what they planned to do with the house, they said they were going to demolish the house, and she offered $1 to buy the house, and they accepted. So she, so she made a fuck ton of money and then bought her house back for a dollar. Yo, I got to open up Kim's beer. I think it's just a twist on it's not. I've twisted the Will fuck you open out it of up, it. Jake? Do you have a bottle opener? Did you just treat me like a child? No, no I thought it was a twist off. Okay, Clinton, I understand how twist offs work. I've been drinking longer than you. Like. Oh, by a year. Oh, by like Kim's 10 years. Twin. Anyway, continue. Yeah, but Clinton waited until he was 21 to drink. So, like, I have at least six years of drinking on him. Yeah, I remember back in the day, Clint used to buy Gatorades when we went to parties. Powerades? <laughs> oh, Powerades. Powerades, because he's got the power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because alcoholism <laughs> runs in my family. That's where he's going to be a drunk. Dude. Alcohol runs in my family, exhibit. and I just embrace it. <laughs> yeah, no, exhibit, exhibit Yo, let's take a shot, baby. Alcoholism runs yo, in my family. Yo, we're taking a shot. We deserve it. We've been oh hard God. at work. We're pouring out my beer can. Just a light one, though. We do That's have- good. That's good. Fuck. That's like an... Not even I'm trying to it. see tomorrow. Give Jake a b- healthy old shot. No, I'm gonna let Jake. Jake needs to do. Jake's stressed out. Look at Jake, dude. So like Jake, your beard is looking good as fuck, man. Thanks, man. It's not growing on my cheeks real well. That's but okay. So, dude. Dude, Whatever. you wanna know how you could fix that? As you could just line it really good, and then no one will notice that it's thin. Don't line it, dude. Those guys look weird. No, 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 no. no. If he like lines it high enough, though, it won't look like he lined it. You know. Kim, I mean? do you want a shot? I poured one into my. Pull it up. Pull it and up. And I put nerds in it because they fell off earlier, so now it's gonna be infused. Yo, put put the bo- put the lid back on. I mean, do we have to? I don't know where it went. Do you lost the fucking lid to this? If you, I swear to you, listen to me. <laughs> if you send us one email, we will send you a saucy picture of Carter. So Betty and Barney met in the summer of 1956 when Barney. And his then wife and two children vacationed at a home of mutual friends. That's really fucked up. Meet your new wife while you're with your old wife. Their friends ran a boarding house, and Betty had been staying there, staying there while her own home was being moved and remodeled into apartments. The Hills loved vacationing in this area and spent a lot of time at Hampton Beach. They met Betty briefly, exchanged addresses, and occasionally corresponded. Betty enjoyed the Hills, but didn't have a lot of time to spend with them. She was going to college at the time and working at a restaurant to cover her expenses. The Hills told Betty that they would like to stay at one of her apartments for vacations if one was available short term. Early the following year, Barney was divorced and he contacted Betty. Hell yeah. They began a relationship and Betty started to bring him around her family. Because he was a black man and Betty was white, they were worried that Betty's family and friends would react poorly to their relationship. But everyone... Enjoyed Barney's kind and friendly demeanor. Yo, my parents are technically an interracial couple. And they got together in Utah in a closed-minded society. 
But it was cool. And this sounds like everything was cool with these guys, too. So the couple were madly in love. They were married May 12th, 1960 in New Jersey. But they weren't able to see each other often during the first 10 months of marriage. Barney worked for the Postal Service in Philadelphia, while Betty worked as a social worker for the state of New Hampshire in Portsmouth. This was about a five-hour drive. On March 17th, Barney was able to transfer to a closer location in Boston, Massachusetts, which was about an hour away from Portsmouth. The job required him to be on the night shift, which was a major adjustment. Kim, are you playing some fucking stupid video game on your phone? I hit it to play itself, so why don't you mind your own fucking business? (laughs) (laughs) Merge dragons, and it's bullshit. It's so stupid, but it's OCD, and it's none of Clinton's fucking business. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't mind. The only reason I asked is I thought maybe it would be Plague Inc. No, no, I love Plague Inc. That game is so fun, and it kind of looks like COVID, like the COVID map. You know what they should do? They should do a, I was thinking about this, they should do an update of COVID. Oh, for Plague Inc. So because you know how COVID, like they have asymptomatic. I don't remember if Plague Inc. has a- asymptomatic. I don't think they have asymptomatic. But what's crazy is like every fucking disease has asymptomatic. Like look at um, who was it? Mary with she had tuberculosis. Mary or oh, was typhoid Mary. Typhoid yeah. Mary. Yeah, she had it, and like she was like fuck all of you. <laughs> like she didn't give <laughs> yeah. a fuck. Like yeah, typhoid Mary was a cook for like different families. Yeah, and she and killed she would, like, like seven family members out of seven different families. You, 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 you. So <laughs> the job required him to work night shift, which would be a major adjustment. But the couple were just happy to finally be together. Both Betty and Barney were involved in the civil rights movement. Barney had received multiple commendations from the governor of New Hampshire and was invited to the inauguration of Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson had an am- amphibian amphibious vehicle, so what he would do is they would drive near ponds, and he would start driving into the pond and, like, freak people the fuck out, but the car would be fine. He's just Michael Scott it. What a dick. He's also known to pressure people by, like, talking in their face and, like, pushing his body against you theirs. You mean gaslighting the fuck out of someone? Bully, bullying yeah. him. He's a dick guy. Fuck you, Lyndon Johnson. Anyway, That's a president. I, I just wanted to mention that Barney, so we know that he dropped out of high school, but Barney was actually, like, super fucking smart. Fuck yeah. And Betty was obviously smart. She had her, did she get her doctorate or master's? I think she got her master's from Holy UNH. Holy fuck. Yeah. I'm feeling drunk. No, we are drunk as a group. We are Jake, collectively. I think you need another drink. If you guys do this every week this way, like, good on you. No. Oh, dude, I don't even. Sometimes yeah, I think we delete the episode halfway through because we get smashed. The first couple episodes, I is get like, so scared. Oh, I, I need to get another. I had an SD card, but they make SD cards so small now. I lost it. But, oh so. shit! It just like went into. Did the it have a picture of your balls on it? No, but when I had like it? four episodes of the podcast, but they're already uploaded, so we can get it back. Yo, Jake is. A white Caucasian male with a beard. He's probably six one. Kimberly is like four eight. She's <laughs> she's mean like my Danny knuckles Vito, but she's drag funny. on the ground. She's <laughs> funny though. She's funny. All right. It's, it's really weird though, cause like Clint and Kim are brother and sister, but Clint's like orange hair and like has freckles. And <laughs> no, I don't. I don't look at that. Imagine, imagine a young Wilder Valderrama from okay. that '70s show. That's yeah. Me. People know that. Yeah. And yeah. add add fifty pounds to it. That's me. Yeah. Handsome. The Hills did not want to call a lot of attention to themselves as they lived in New England to shield themselves from closed-minded hate mongers at the time. They were living in a, a quiet, normal life. The idea that these two would not want to generate attention or catch the heat from their encounter leads to a lot of credit to their story. So, like, they didn't talk about it because, like, A, they're, like, a biracial couple, and B, like, they were smart enough to know that, like, if they, like, went about saying that they were abducted, it was going to cause some shit. Barney was having a rough time moving 
He had a new job working the night shift and a long commute. He also missed his two kids that they had with his previous wife, and he felt extremely guilty at being away from them. So when Betty had a week of vacation coming up, Barney decided he would take a few days off as well so they could enjoy some time together and go on a trip to North Canada. Although this was about 16 months after their marriage, they thought of this trip as a long-awaited honeymoon. The event took place September 19th to the 20th, 1961. It was the first widely publicized report of an alien abduction in the United States. So, like, they took this trip, and then, like, shit just went awry. They were just, like, a regular couple who happened to be kind of smart, and then, like, random shit happened, and it just, like, took them by surprise. Yeah, and one important thing about this is, like, at this time, there wasn't a lot of information about UFOs, to which they could draw like this information from so well like to put that in context like a lot of these like like science fiction wasn't half of what it was this time you know what i mean so like it wasn't a big thing so like since the 1960s like 1965 1970s plus like yeah science fiction has become like a huge thing but like events like this is what like baseboarded that off you know what i mean so like it, it it came in and indoctrinated an entire like youth culture on what science fiction was because before then you had reality and you had nothing and like there was nothing in between so it just it was just like it's it's very odd that this happened it's very it's like very unique that they had this idea it's not like today where we've seen everything from video games to tv and stuff so like our imaginations are like pregnant with like so much random shit you know what i mean so like we could say anything and people would be like yeah you're high on meth (laughs) but like you know but back then when it was like a fresh idea that was crazy Hang out with when you're drunk. It's like hanging out with the entire cast of Jersey Shore. So the two returned just about dawn. They reported being overcome with the strange emotions and impulses. The two took very long showers <laughs> to clean off any contamination from their journey. Barney had told his, torn his binocular strap and scuffed his best dress shoes, but he had no memory of it. Barney also was compelled to examine his genitals to make sure nothing had changed. I know I'd been there. I <laughs> know what I'm saying. You're yeah, 13 only that once. Time your dick fell off. Just kidding. So Barney also had, also was compelled. I'm sorry, I read that. Sorry, Claire. Betty demanded their luggage be kept by the back door and not inside of the house. The two began to draw in pictures of what they had seen. The two were struggling to remember what happened. They would recall hearing a buzzing noise, but everything after that was really fuzzy. After a few hours of well-deserved sleep, Betty got up to look at the clothes she wore during the abduction. There was a pinkish powder all over her dress. It was torn at the hem, lining, and zipper. Betty threw the ruined dress away, but then retrieved it out of the garbage. The automobile that they had driven now had shiny, concentric circles that had not been there just days previous. The two swept a compass over the circles, and the needle would begin to jump. And when they pulled it away, it dropped to a normal spot. So all these fucking circles that are on the trunk, they're swiping a compass over it, and it's making the magnetic polarity like jump. They made a made-for-TV movie of, oh, of Betty and Barney Hill, What Happened This. I think it's called The UFO Incident, and you guys can look it up on YouTube. It's about an hour and a half long, and it features a young James Earl Jones. Oh, oh fuck. fuck. God is, damn. You would think it'd be good, but it's really bad. No, no, no. I think it's, like, horrible, but with, like, the subtle tones of James Earl Jones. So it's, like, it sounds soothing as fuck in person, but, like, in the back, it's like, bouncer, 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 Yeah, he does like, not talk bullshit. like a normal human. Yeah. No, we are here for you. And obviously he plays Barney Hill. 
movie, but this this is kind of how that film. This is what it reminds me of. They kind of jump back and forth. They start like I'm sorry. At, like later in the Yo, story and then bounce back. Could I'm you sorry. imagine it's having to like movie. portray a man who has a high ass IQ who abandoned two of his children but like got abducted by his new bitch? Like could you imagine? <laughs> like how do you get in the story. mind space of that as an actor? You're like, okay, I love my kids, but I hate that bitch, and yeah. then I'm gonna like get abducted. I don't know what's going on. Like, I couldn't act that. I'm. Yeah. This is why I can't. So It's a I'm crazy a fucking story, but he's such a good actor. Like, yeah, he, no. He's he definitely stood out in the movie, but it was amazing. a really shitty movie. Fuck. He also, I want to see it, though, um, for, like, my, like, own purposes. Yeah, he also um, famously played... Did he play Simba in The Lion King? No, yeah. Mufasa. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We and also, the twin thing. Also, he played... Uh, he did the voice for Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. But yep. he was not like Darth Vader. Like when, no, once, no, no. once Darth Vader, mask once the helmet that. was off, he was he no was... longer a black man. That's fucked. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, way fucked. He was in. Uh, he was also in the Sandlot. Yeah, no, I'm he telling was. Jesus. He's like, he's like, he was oh, the blind guy. He's like, yeah. I took a bad, a bad baldy eyes. Pow! The lights went out. So on September 21st, just like the Earth, Wind, and Fire song, do you remember the 21st night of September? Isn't that an equinox? No, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's Earth, Wind, but and Fire. So no, no, no. Isn't that... Isn't oh, the day? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought I'm you were talking about the... Yeah, no, it no, might no, be no, equinox. No, you're like peddling to the witches group because I definitely know where the fuck the equinox is. Yeah. <laughs> like, is but it dude, in September? I hope so. That song is slams. I don't, know, I don't know about all that, but I'm just going to say, Party high, September, party It's fucking dope. I'm glad Kim's here because none of us would have known that. Because <laughs> I'm the actual. Yeah, I know me too. I just say some shit. <laughs> so Betty called. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's called September, you fucking asshole. It's called September? Yeah, the whole song. Yeah, it's by er, oh, September. I, didn't know that. I thought he was saying, I always thought he was saying party hard. Party hard. I just go. <laughs> so Betty called Peace Air Force Base to talk about their experience. They left out a lot of details because the couple feared they would be labeled as crazy. The next day, Major Paul W. Henderson telephoned the Hills for a more detailed interview. Henderson's report was officially declared the couple as being just misidentifying Ju- Jupiter. This was later changed to optical condition, inversion, and not enough data. Report 100-1-61, air intelligence information record. This official report is forwarded to Project Blue Book, the U.S. Air Force's UFO research project. So do you want to tell us about a little about? Dude, Fuck yeah. all right, before you get into this, all I want to say is, dude, I remember my dad talking about Project Blue Book when I was a kid. Eventually, Project Blue Book is its own episode, eventually, with Gucci's, because it's fucking wild. It's just like a couple of dudes traveling the country, finding out like suspicious UFO shit. It's wild as fuck. Tell us about it, Jake. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. First of all, I just wanted to say the U.S. Air Force, also known as USAF, also reminds me of U.S. as fuck, like United States <laughs> as fuck, which makes me laugh every time I read it. Fuck yeah. U.S. as fuck. I don't even know if I should have put all this, like, I started reading about Project Blue. So if you guys want to read about Project Blue Book, it's fucking crazy. And we should do an episode, so I should, probably yeah. shouldn't have put so much no, information. Read it. Yeah. Fuck it. No, 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 no. 
yeah. Dude, can you imagine if your job, you had a government job with government benefits, and all you had to do was go around America interviewing people about their creepy-ass stories, and you're some chubby guy who's in the back of some fucking Buick or Pontiac that gets 12 miles a gallon traveling the country, Dude, bro? you mean yeah. the entire show they had based with Scully and Mueller? Like, is that what you're talking Dude, about? Dude, it's so yeah. fucking <laughs> X-Files. The cold open, I want to yeah, believe. Yeah, no, it's like, badass. they already wrote that show, so like, my Did you add the I got. Want to Believe part? Because I don't remember adding that. I want yeah. to believe. <laughs> All right. Anyway, oh, good. I thought that was you. Tell <laughs> us about the Project Blue Book. Yeah, I was just excited because it's our first alien episode. Usually we talk about murders and mysteries if you guys haven't tuned in before. Or Carter being a virgin. Check out our other episodes. Our first couple are shitty, so I'm sorry, but they're also funny. Skip episode three. Skip episode yeah, three skip to five. episode three. One no, and no, two no, is no. good. Listen to four and five. Jake is becoming a technical expert at recording. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like on fucking Pinterest trying to figure out how to set up a studio. Listen, I, I know I know. I mean to Carter. I would take a bullet for Carter. I'd give him my fucking kidney. I love Carter. Sorry, I just ate some nerds rope. <laughs> Dude, fucking quit eating the nerd's rope. <laughs> say no to nerd's rope, children. Say just say no. <laughs> just say no. Just singing. <laughs> so Project Blue Book, and I'm really excited about this. Project Blue Book was one of a series of studies of UFOs connect, con conducted by the USAF. U.S. as fuck. It started in 1952 and was preceded by Project Sign in 1947 and Grudge in 1949. The study was terminated in 1969 and all activities ceased on January 19th of 1970. The project had two goals, to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. By the time Project Blue Book ended, they had collected 12,618 UFO reports and concluded that most of them were misidentifications of natural phenomena of traditional aircraft. According to National Reconnaissance Office, a no number of reports could be explained by flights of the formerly secret reconnaissance planes U-2 and A-12. And I looked those up, and they're actually, they just look like regular airplanes, kind of. Like cool airplanes, but like... The U-2 like has a big fucking little circle on top of it. But oh, it does? Yeah, so to like shoot back satellites and shit, it's wild. It's like a guy from Texas in the supermarket. No, no, no. You don't know what he's packing. But straight up, it's like a girl from the library. You don't know what she's about to put out. Like, she's weird. Might look plain, but that bitch is putting down. Like, <laughs> 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 Damn, I'm, I'm hammered. I'm hammered. That bitch is a C-23, and I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a few UFO reports were classified as unexplained after stringent analysis. These reports are archived and are available under the Freedom of Information Act. I don't even know. What although page all personnel info has been redacted, Captain Edward J. Ruppelt and several high-ranking influential USAF generals were dissatisfied with the state of Air Force UFO investigations in 1951 under Project Grudge, which Grudge. is a sick name. Uh, one named General William Garland had witnessed the UFO himself and thought the subject needed more seriously, more serious scrutiny. Many high-ranking officers were studying UFOs so seriously at the time that Captain Ruppelt said it was as, as if they were studying for a college exam. This is where Project Blue Book came from. It refers to the blue booklets that were used at some colleges and universities at the time. Ruppelt was the first head of the project and actually coined the term UFO, which replaced other terms that were used 
such as flying saucer or flying disc. He felt UFO was a more accurate term. That's where the term Foo Fighters comes from. That's where the Germans used to call no UFOs. No shit. Yeah. Foo Fighters is a name for UFOs. Huh. Yep. <laughs> no, don't start thinking. I used to fucking hate Foo Fighters. I don't know why. I don't know. I like them. I em. love that song. Yeah. I like them now. I don't know why. I bought a... Or no, my sister gave me a Foo Fighters CD. I remember that. And I listened to it a lot, and I just like didn't like it. Anymore. Was that the one with the uh, buffalo on it? Yeah. I remember it being in your oh, Jeep, shit. bro. I wonder what was on that. Because I always loved I the know. Foo Fighters, but it's because of Dave Grohl. Like, yeah, he's, he's just like a badass. dope dude. But like, some of them songs are fucking fierce as shit. I like I grew up on that shit, so like that was so, anyway, yeah, continue. that hero song, yeah. RuPaul streamlined how UFOs were reported to and by military officials, partly to alleviate the stigma related to UFO experiences. He also developed a standard questionnaire for witnesses, hoping to uncover data which would be used for statistical analysis. He commissioned Batiel Memorial Institute to computerize the data collected. They then conducted a massive scientific and statistical study of all known Air Force UFO cases, which was completed in 1954 and is known as PBB Special Report Number 14. Each USAF had a Blue Book officer that would forward reports to Rupel. His team was authorized to interview any and all military personnel who witnessed UFOs and were not required to follow the chain of command. Though the team took many cases seriously, they started a trend of not taking many of the reports seriously. Astronomer DJ Allen Hynek was the scientific consultant of the project and created the categorization that is known as close encounters. He started as a skeptic, but he said his feeling changed to wavering skepticism after encountering a minority of reports he thought were unexplainable. These guys are traveling across the country, and this guy starts out as a skeptic, and he starts seeing crazy shit and starts believing. Like, he is really the, the, the molder of fucking, or I'm sorry, the fox. Is it Fox of X Files? Fox is the girl who like doesn't believe in shit. No, no, no. He's the molder. Then. Yeah, the he's, molder. he's starting to believe, dude. And it's like it's wild as fuck, dude. I remember, uh, dude. I heard a story from an older guy that used to be uh, in aeronautics a lot, and he used to talk about like how people would get interviewed, and they would be pilots and shit, and people would be like, "Hey, if you want to keep your job, shut the fuck up. Like, don't say nothing, bro. It's no, like keep it on the low." I agree. I know a pilot who like. Like, a guy who worked on airplanes forever who knew a ton of pilots and none of them would report. Like, they all of them talk to a pilot, maybe even get him drunk, ask him some weird stories. All of them have, like, strange shit that they cannot explain to, like, report, but they will not put it in, like, like, like officially because they, they will wanna, never fly again. They want to keep their dental insurance. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, dude, 100%. So, they want to make sure those wife's tits are paid for. Like, they're getting in. Whoa. So in July 1952, <laughs> there was a buildup of hundreds of sightings over previous months. A series of radar detections coincident with visual sightings were observed near the National Airport in Washington, D.C., this incident garnered a lot of publicity, which led to a panel of scientists and physicists to meet up in order to deal with the overwhelming public interest of UFOs. The group, named the Robertson Panel, spent 12 hours reviewing six years of data and concluded that the UFO reports could be explained with further investigation and were not worth the effort. So in, in their final report, they stressed that low-grade, unverifiable UFO reports were overloading overloading intelligence channels with the risk of missing genuine conventional threat to the U.S. 
They then recommended that the Air Force de-emphasize the subject of UFOs and embark on debunking campaign. So they wanted to start disproving these fucking shit. They suggested doing so through mass media, including Walt Disney Productions, and using psychologists, astronomers, and celebrities to ridicule the phenomenon. So they're trying to like a mass propaganda bullshit to discredit these like wild ass stories, which still goes on today, dude. Fuck all this. Like that's why you think that people who believe in this shit are psychos. It's because these guys were good at their fucking job. So the control of public opinion through propaganda and spying has shaped the Air Force policy regarding the US UFO study to this day. In December 1953, Joint Army Naval Air Force Regulation Number 146 made it a motherfucking crime for military personnel to discuss classified UFO reports with unauthorized persons. Violators faced up to two years in prison and or fines up to ten grand. Which, dude, in 1953, that's a huge amount of money, bro. Isn't that fucking crazy? They coined, mm -hmm. like, all these terms that we follow, like, to this day, like, UFOs, Close Encounters. We have movies named after this shit. Well, Fuck yeah. this and then they're like, you can't talk about that. This is the first time, even if it wasn't real, this is the first time the public's ever exposed to it. And so... Totally. Could you imagine, like, how fucking cool would you think that guy was? He was like, yeah, dog, I was abducted. Like, Yo, like Jake, Jake, can you imagine? Can you honestly imagine if this was your job? Your job was being, imagine if me and you, our job was to get paid government money, a good wage back then, to travel the country, doing investigations, bro. <laughs> yeah, Wouldn't yeah. that be sick as fuck? Yo. Dude, it'd be so sick. It uh, reminds me of, what's that Netflix movie about the Mind Hunter. Oh, Mindhunter? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, it reminds me of that so yeah, much. Yeah, me too, but no, spooky and badass. Dude, imagine. Oh, yeah, because you're not actually having to talk to, like, serial But way less intense. Like, yeah, Mindhunter also, with dude, french fries. You're smoking yeah. cigarettes through this whole time because they don't kill, they don't cause cancer. And you're also drinking bourbon. I'm about to do this during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're drinking bourbon in the middle of the workday because it's like good for your heart and shit. <laughs> Dude, ignorance seriously was bliss. And I feel like those people live just as long as we live. They so, do. like, what the fuck are we doing? No, fucking? dude, I know so many friends who's like, yeah, all my grandma ate was holla and like fucking cigarettes. Dude, That's me and whole diet. And I yeah. lived at 110 years. Dude, exactly. Kimberly and my great grandmother smoked. One cigar a day and drink a shot of tequila. She lived to be 101. Yeah, boy. She said that's why. Grandma Guadalupe. Guadalupe. So, but she also beat the fuck out of several kids because the Guadalupe didn't take shit. <laughs> so a few days after the abduction, <laughs> Betty went on down to the library and checked out a book on UFOs. Uh, the book was written by retired Marine Corps Major Donald E. Kehoe. Kehoe was the head of the civilian research group NICAP. Betty wrote Kehoe a letter and told him the complete story. Betty's, le Betty's letter was eventually made, I'm sorry, Betty's letter eventually made its way to Walter N. Webb, a Boston astronomer and astronomer and NICAP member. I'm drunk. NICAP member. Webb linked up with the Hills October 21st, 1961, and conducted a six-hour interview. Barney told Webb that he had developed a mental block and that his mind was keeping him from a memory of things he did not want to remember. Barney went into detail about the not-quite-human figures and the craft itself. Webb stated that they were telling the truth, and the incident probably occurred exactly as it was reported, except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in any such observations where human judgment is involved. So what he's talking about is like 
shipping a little bit too big, not right to scale because like, dude, people remember shit differently. So on November 25th, 1961, the Hills were again interviewed by Nightcap members, this time C.D. Jackson and Robert E. Homan. Jackson and Homan realized the Hills had suffered what is called missing time. Dude, in all these UFO reports, I know this is our first UFO episode, but this, you're going to hear this a lot in UFO shit. It's called missing time, a popular phenomenon in alien lore where people lose huge chunks of time and have no memory of what happened. Hypnosis t- was suggested to help retrieve these lost memories barney was really not feeling that but he decided it would be a great way to put it to rest all betty's worries about her crazy dream because at this time dude betty was like having these wild ass motherfucking dreams so betty started tripping about 10 days after the encounter and had five consecutive nights of wild ass dreams where she was really concerned about them and told barney Barney was not too concerned. Dude, what a fucking... This is this is such a regular husband-ass move for your wife to come to you and be, like, worried about all this shit. And he's like, baby, don't worry, girl. Like, everything's good. And so, and so in one dream, the road was blocked by men who surrounded the vehicle. She was forced by two small men to walk into the woods. She saw Barney behind her, but she called out, and he was unresponsive, almost in a trance. The men were about five... Five foot to to five foot four. They were wearing blue uniforms with military cadet-like hats. The men were human with dark hair, dark eyes, and blue lips and gray skin. So basically, it's like... They were human-like, yeah. Yeah, so it's like the J-R-O-C-T from New Jersey. They all have black (laughs) hair, and they're five foot. And so... And gray shit. And so these... these, these, Hungover as fuck. In these dreams, the hills led up were led up a ramp to a metallic disc. Once inside, Barney and Betty were separated into two rooms. Betty protested, but the leader said that if they were examined together, the test would take much longer. Betty also dreamt that a new man, very similar to the others, entered the room to conduct the exam. Betty describes the examiner was pleasant and calm. The leader and examiner spoke to her in English, but it was imperfect, and she had a hard time understanding him. Betty was told tests were being conducted to find differences between humans and aliens. Betty was led to a chair and a bright light was cast upon her. I'm sorry, the man cut off a bit of Betty's hair and shaved some of her fingernails off. This examiner looked at her mouth, I'm sorry, her mouth, teeth, ears, and eyes. They scraped off a bit of her skin. They also stuck a very long needle into her navel. The pain was excruciating. When the leader waved his hand in front of her face, the pain just all disappeared. The examiner exited the room, and Betty and the leader began talking. Betty began to examine a book with rows of strange symbols, and the leader told her she could keep it. Betty asked where the travelers were from, and he pulled down a big map dotted with stars and showed her. The hills were ushered out, when the aliens began arguing. The leader told Betty the others did not want her to keep the book and they took, and they also did not want her or the other, or Barney to remember the event. The Hills were taken to their car and told they should chill there until the craft had left, which they did. This smells smells like a doctor's office. That smells weird. (laughs) Hey, Jake. What? I'm concerned. I dropped that. I dropped your beer. 
beer like four times. Yeah, it's all dented. What the fuck? <laughs> it's okay. I don't care. I'm drunk. This smells like a fucking doctor's office. It smells so good. Smell. Do you want to smell it? It smells good. It smells so good, dude. I don't know that a doctor's office smells good. I know it smells good, though. This smell pretty good. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, I'm smashed, Ooh. though. Yeah, I mean, is it too late, though? No, it's not too late. Don't worry, it's never too late. It's not too late. It's never too late. Not too late. It's never it's too late. Never too I don't know what that's like. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I didn't even know. In February, February 1962, the duo began making trips to the White Mountains. The idea that maybe being in the same area would trigger their memories to another encounter. They located what they considered the capture site in 1965 on Labor Day. So, so let me, I'm going to retouch on that. So they were driving around because they thought that would have triggered some of their memories. Like or they anybody it, who's had memory loss. Or they thought it would trigger another encounter. And then on 1965, on Labor Day, they found what they considered to be the abduction site. Which initially brings us back to the cold open, which is they were driving around during their impromptu honeymoon. And one, one thing that I also wanted to add about the honeymoon is that it was kind of strange that they even took the honeymoon because... As we talked about, oh sorry. As we talked about, Betty actually had quite a bit of money from selling her house to that oil company, mm -hmm. and she bought her house. And then anyway, sure, so she had she had plenty of money. But at the time when they took that trip, they actually only had seventy dollars because they left on a Saturday, and banks weren't open on Saturdays, so they couldn't cash uh, either Barney or Betty's checks. <laughs> so they had seventy bucks, which is probably big money then. Though wait, what is it well, here? It's 1963? Yeah, right? 1963 or 62. Um, and so at the time, yeah, 70 bucks was a decent amount of money, but it wasn't as much as they had. Like at the time, because yeah. they said when they left, they were like, well, we can make 70 bucks work as long as we don't stay at like fancy hotels and we, as long as we make our food. So they brought food with them. They brought like a grill that they could cook food on and stuff, but they actually weren't broke. They just couldn't cash their checks at the time. And that was the whole point. Okay. Like, they only had $70 because they couldn't cash their checks or anything. So it's kind of strange that they took this vacation at the time. It was just, like, out of nowhere. They couldn't cash their checks, and it wasn't planned. And I get that they wanted to take their honeymoon, and, like, Barney was stressed at the time. But it's kind of strange that they took this at the time, That's and true. this happened at that time, too. The only reason I mention that is because <laughs> if you guys read the book, which is called Captured, they talk about... The fact, which is where I got my information. It's yeah. called a uh, captured exclamation point, the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience. And it's actually, this is pretty interesting. It's by Friedman and Kathleen Martin were both, uh, I guess, co-authors. Co it almost seems like their destiny mm -hmm. at some, at some point. Yeah. Like kind of to me. And destiny's so fun. My, my source was an article by Linda Lacina on the history channel and she had done like a really good fucking article that was super interesting about Barney and Betty Hill. So I used a lot of that for my my information. I also used um, some information from the University of New Hampshire, a, a guide to the Betty and Barney Hill papers, 1961 to 2006. It's on their website. They had some good info on that shit too. What happened, Carter? He, he he's in rehab. Oh yeah, he's in rehab just for two weeks. <laughs> okay, we're rehab gonna call him what, rehab real quick. Pornography. Connor. You should FaceTime I don't This is I have a Samsung It doesn't do that No I just got him. Hey Carter I have a real quick question Uh oh 
Hey, Carter. Carter, if you had to name your your nipples a color from Sherwin Williams, what what, what color would you describe them as? If I had to name my nipples a color from Sherwin Williams, what would they be? What would you name them? What what color would they be? Like I get to just make up the color. Yeah. Dusky What was it? What would it be called? Let me see. You don't know. Just look say just him. say a color. Look at, him. Look at your nipples. Like really? Yeah. I would say Carmichael. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carter. 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 We told we told the listeners that you're in rehab for pornography, and how is how is rehab going? Oh, this is live on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Oh, rehab's going good. Yeah. Good, buddy. Well, hey, hey, I I, I relapsed a couple times, but okay. I'm sure you have. Your poor hands. I know your poor, your poor leathery hands. Talk about tunnel. Hey, Carter, we, we hope you're doing good. Do you have anything else to say to the the listeners? Um, what do I have to say to the listeners? What do I have to say? Just anything. Well, be free, be you. Be free, be you. Good. What are you, a senior quote? Like, yeah, Carter, me? that's a weird thing to say in rehab. Thanks, Carter. Talk to you soon, buddy. Carter, we miss you. Miss you, Carter. I miss you. I miss you guys. See you miss. soon, buddy. The Hills were very active in their church. The church the Hills attended had invited a speaker named Captain Sweat to talk about poetry a poetry book he had published. Sweat mentioned he dabbled in hypnosis. After the procession was over, the Hills asked to the good captain if he would hypnotize them. Captain Sweat told them that he wouldn't qualify but hooked them up with Benjamin Simon, a hypnotist of Boston. The two were interviewed separately so that they could not hear each other's version. Listen, so Mr. Sweat was approached and they asked him to be hypnotized him. He's like, yo, I'm not qualified. And so Barney and Betty were both separated so they could do their own version and they wouldn't like corroborate their own stories. So but that's a basic interrogation tactic. Totally. You so never ever Tell us about Barney's version. Yeah, so for sure. And where was Barney's... Sweat from? Captain Sweat was in the USA. Could well. you imagine if your name was Captain Sweat and you didn't have like a fucking parkour version of your work? Yeah, such a shitty YouTube. name. Poor guy. Shame on you. That's just bad publication if you're not like, parkour, my name's Barney Sweat. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Captain Sweat. I'm here to get you in shape. <laughs> Brought to you by Jim, this guy I know at my gym. <laughs> Since Carter's not here. <laughs> Anyway, Barney's version. Barney was hypnotized first. Barney, Barney's recount of the event was quite emotional, and he expressed fear as well as incredulity. Barney claimed that he kept his eyes closed for most of the physical alien exam under hypnosis, as was constant with the conscious recall. Barney reported that his binocular strap was ripped when he had ran back to his car after seeing the approaching UFO, Barney remembered getting the fuck out of Dodge and driving quickly away from the UFO, but he also described having com a compulsion to drive into the woods. Eventually, Barney saw six men standing in the middle of a dirt road. He stalled the three of the men. He stated that three of the men approached the car these strangers told Barney to have no fear. The leader told Barney to close his eyes. While hypnotized, Barney said, I felt like the eyes pushed into my eyes. So, like, he felt the pressure on his own eyes. 
which Barney's, is super creepy. Um, Barney's account of the event was quite emotional, and he expressed fear as well as incredulity. Barney claimed that he kept his eyes closed for much of the physical exam under hypnosis, as was consistent with the conscious recall. Barney reported that his that the binocular strap was ripped. When he ran back to his car after seeing the approaching UFO, Barney remembered getting the fuck out of Dodge and driving quickly away from the UFO, but he also described having compulsion to drive into the woods. Eventually, Barney saw six men standing in the middle of the dirt road. The car stalled, and three of the men approached the car. These strangers told Barney to have no fear. The leader told Barney to close his eyes. While hypnotized, Barney said, I felt like... The eyes had pushed into my eyes. Barney <laughs> said that his wife <laughs> were led into the craft shaped like a disc where they were then sh- separated. Barney was taken into an exam room and asked to lay down in a small rectangular table. Barney's story was less descriptive than Betty's. Barney continued to keep his eyes closed for most of the exam. A cup-like device was placed over his twig and berries, a.k.a. his duke. <laughs> Barney did not experience a sexual climax. However, he did feel as though his sper- a sperm sample was taken. Dude, <laughs> fuck that. He knew he no, orgasmed. No, 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 no. Okay, so <laughs> Yo, he didn't want to get yelled at by his wife. He's like, no. listen, baby, nothing happened. I, like, didn't, I know you fucking around with some alien he bitch. Sh- he shouldn't have. Who is she? Dude, he shouldn't have said like, that he knew it. That's sperm like was saying taken. That's like saying they didn't deploy, but the soldiers were taken. Like, how the fuck do you? Like, nah, yeah, dude, they took totally. your sperm. Yeah. And, they, and they counted his vertebrae and also inserted a thin tube into his butt. Now, Hold I was going to know that. Be who you are. But that's what he said happened. <laughs> he said he didn't feel any pain. I remember reading. Yeah, yeah. Damn, dude, listen. I don't care who you are. If you have a serious girlfriend, she's mad. You're going to get in a fight when you come home. You're like, listen, baby, I got dipped by aliens. They inserted a tube onto my butthole. And they put... <laughs> they, they they didn't make me orgasm, but they took a sperm sample. She's like, oh, cool. Jake, you look drunk, man. I'm drunk, dude. Jake is drunk. I didn't even mean but... to get drunk. Whatever. Clint talk. Hey, Jakey, Jakey, Jake Herber. What's up, you fucking oh, bitch? Okay, Kim Talk. Hello. Okay, well, right, let's go. Barney said that he had heard them speaking in a mumbling language and he did not understand. Yet he also understood them in English. A contrast from Betty reporting having an English conversation with the leader. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed like to be thought transference. He didn't really know the term telepathy when this was So said. he just thought thought transference yeah. on his own. So the hills... Yeah, that's like... <laughs> the hills that's both, organic as fuck. The hills both maintained <laughs> that they never saw the being's mouths moving, but they were spoken to in English. He recalled being escorted from the ship and taken to his car. In a daze, he watched the ship leave. Barney remembered a light approaching on the road he said oh no not again he recalled betty's speculation that the light might have been the moon though the moon had set several hours earlier he also stated that he attempted to produce a code-like buzzing sound with which seemed to strike the car's trunk a second time by driving from side to side, stopping and starting the vehicle. So, so what? There was all right. There was a buzzing so- buzzing noise coming which from his trunk, which was like, 
Yeah, no, he heard yep. like at the beginning, and he was trying to drive from side to side and start and stopping his vehicle, trying to yeah. recreate the nose after it was all over, but he couldn't get it to work. So Barney recalled being guided back to his car from the craft, and in the cloudy days, he watched the ship exit the wooded area. Barney began to drive, and he tried to get the car to make the buzzing noise they had heard from the trunk. He would drive side to side and start and stop the car, but he was unable to create the noise. So Betty's version, under hypnosis, Betty's version of the encounter was similar to the dream she had detailed in her journal, but there were also noticeable differences, the biggest being their release and capture. The technology on the craft was also different. The strangers were also vastly different from the men described in her dream. The sequential order and timing of the abduction event was also different from Betty's dream account. Both Hill's regressions were similar, however, they both deferred from Betty's dreams. Betty exhibited considerable emotional distress during her capture and examination. Simon ended one session early because tears were pouring down from her face and she seemed troubled. So Simon gave Betty the post-hypnotic suggestion that she should draw a copy of the star map that she later described as a three-dimensional projection similar to a hologram. Eventually, she followed Simon's suggestion. Although she said the map had many stars, she drew only those that stood out in her memory. Her, st- <laughs> her map consisted of 12 prominent stars connected by lines and three lesser ones that formed a, d- a distinctive triangle. Betty claimed she was told the stars connected by solid lines formed trade routes, whereas dashed lines were less travel stars for these distant travelers. Uh, so, also, this is called the, uh, what is it called? Reticuli? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. fuck. I should have, I don't know. Something Starro Reticuli? No. Something crazy. Hold Something on. Reticuli. One second. We'll just Google it really yeah, fast. Yeah, we'll, we'll, Because that's the other name of the story. Um, while you're Googling that. So, in Simon's opinion, Simon concluded after the hypnosis sessions that Barney's Zeta memory, Reticuli. Zeta Reticuli. Okay. Sessions that Barney's memory might possibly be a fantasy inspired by Betty's wild dreams. Simon thought this was the most consistent explanation. Barney thought Simon was wrong, agreeing that while there were some big differences in their stories, big trunks were consistent. Barney was now willing to accept they were abducted by aliens, but he was much more hesitant than Betty. Though the Hills and Simon disagreed about the truth, they all agreed that the hypnosis sessions were worthwhile. The Hills were no longer languishing about their frightening experiences. Afterwards, Simon wrote an article about the Hills for the journal Psychiatric Opinion explaining his theory. And so it's called what? Zeta Reticuli? Zeta Reticuli, which sounds like a fancy pasta. It's like, ah, babe, what do you want? I don't know, I'm gluten-free. Let's have some Zeta Reticuli. Like, all right, fuck, I'll (laughs) order in. There was a lot of evidence that really supports this story, and I'm going to go over it. I think it's legit. So pregnancy tests that Betty claims the aliens were examining her and stuck a very long needle into her navel for a pregnancy test. At the time of the claim, people thought this was absolute horseshit. That isn't how pregnancy pregnancy tests were done. However, since then... There's a test that works with needles through a navel. She was describing a test for pregnancy that wasn't available at the time that since is part of a part of like scientific revolution. Yeah, but it depends on what you're trying to find. Or uh, yeah, that's not the point. The point is it didn't exist. She describes it. Now it exists. So mm-hmm. another evidence point that they had was a star map. Betty drew out a portion of the map the alien had shown her. And the map actually had matched a real life star string system called Zeta Reticuli. 
But honestly, if you draw enough fucking points on a map, you're bound to come up with a fucking star system. A lot of people believe her story because Betty drew that map and it actually matches Zeta Reticuli at some point. But maybe she just drew like random shit and it actually. Yeah, it ended up being right because if I mean you could throw fucking darts at a board and if you throw enough darts you're bound to hit something so dude i don't know yeah hieroglyphics she betty drew out some hieroglyphics that were very similar similar to those drawn by other abduction victims at different times and barney uh, this is another interesting thing barney was packing a fucking gun during the abduction barney kept the motherfucking fang on him and was in his car it was in his car but still he was so scared he didn't even try for the weapon so if this would have been like a robbery or people fucking with him he'd probably be brave enough to fucking ice somebody and pull some shots this dude's a world war ii veteran he's not scared of shit so the the gun that barney actually had was betty's gun because she actually <laughs> likes uh shooting she liked um target practice and barney had taken a trip with his previous family with his other two kids and they stayed out in the wilderness somewhere and they were uh, afraid of the bears that were out there and so he brought the gun with betty and him uh, to protect them from the bears just in case they had to stay out in the wilderness. And that's why they had the gun. So it was Betty's gun the whole time. Fuck. Betty's, Betty ain't fucking around. Could you imagine bringing your bitch's gun and you're like, I'm gonna fucking shoot this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that Betty knew that she, he had brought her gun. After the story broke, the Hills had a movie made about their experience and the couple also had several books and articles written about them. It had been theorized that the encounter was um, an invention of the mind born from the stress of being an interracial couple in the 1960s betty refutes this proposal and says that their relationship caused no problems for their family and her friend circle so claims also spun around that the hills description was in a compilation of alien encounters from pop culture sci-fi movies and shows the idea is that unknowingly or intentionally everything the hills claimed is in fact bogus and it's just a bit of bits of material taken from varying works and piecemealed together to make up their story. People also claimed that the Hill story was taken over several sessions that went over the course of a few months and the couple were talking about their experiences and that they had false memories. The two have littered the sci-fi genre and forever left their mark on the world of American alien lore. Dozens of popular television programs have referenced the Hills. Angela Hill, the famous mixed martial artist, is actually the granddaughter of Barney Hill. How small of a world is that? That's pretty fucking crazy. That's fucking wild. How how prominent is she in the UFC? She's okay. She's been knocked out. She's, she's been fucked up a ton. Oh, so she's she's won a bunch though. She's not bad. She's, I mean, but like, she's, she's not like, like top dog like Ryan. No, no, no. She has she has a she's in a fight in UF, UFC 256 in a month. She's a oh, month, really? Yeah, she's a month away from another fight. Damn. In fourth grade, Clint was. Kind of badass. Yeah. Yeah. Only for that one Pete. year. And then after yeah. that, Pete. it was just like, it was like a parabola. He was like cool from second to fourth grade. A parabola? <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Now people are going to have to Google what the fuck a parabola is. Well, Jake, they what, do you read think, up. what do you think happened to this, Jake? I think most people can consider. Do we mention Barney's warts? No. <laughs> okay. So after Betty and Barney Hill were supposedly abducted, Barney had some warts. That were around his dick. <laughs> and so, baby, baby, that ain't from nobody. I got it abducted. So the warts weren't necessarily something nefarious, but they happened around the time of the abduction. And I kind of imagine, like, Barney Hill was really stressed at the time. He had just moved. He was having to drive an hour to work every day, an hour back home every day. 
and he was working the night shift, so his like sleep schedule was completely fucked up. But what if he did have a relationship with a girl and got an STD? And Betty at the time, I don't know if we mentioned this, but Betty's sister had seen other UFOs. She had like a history of seeing UFOs. So after the initial um, sighting and abduction of the UFOs by Betty and Barney Hill, <laughs> Betty called her sister and like told her sister about it. And her sister had seen other UFOs, so she believed her. And she's the one that told Betty to put the compass on her trunk where the spots were. So what if Barney had sex with this girl, got an STD, and knew that Betty was kind of fucking crazy and having these crazy dreams about aliens? And what if he just, like, went along with it and was like, oh, shit, those are some crazy lights. <laughs> and, and, like, just made this whole what? thing up. And then they got home and he's like, wait, it was like, he could have made the whole thing up. Also, I don't know if that's what I believe. I think that's one of the things that could have happened. Like, maybe you're just making this up because Betty seems kind of crazy. One thing that we didn't mention, I, I, I wanted to pull up some hypnosis videos, but we don't have any of the hypnosis videos, and I'm too drunk to look them up on YouTube. But um, when Betty's talking about the abduction, when they were abducted by the, the aliens, the aliens were actually using 1960 technology like when the uh, when the leader pulled down a map of the Zeta Reticuli, it was actually a pull down map like you would see in like 1960s classrooms. It wasn't a pointer or anything. It was like a pull down map. He pulled it down and showed her the thing, and that's like that's not technology that aliens would use. Like why would they be using that kind of technology? And also, when she mentioned the color yellow, the alien said, "What is yellow?" Which makes sense, like, why would an alien know, like, what colors were? But also, why would an alien know what she was talking about and, like, what she was saying if it didn't understand what the color yellow was? Yeah. So I think maybe if either Barney was making something up and Betty was crazy, or, like, maybe this actually got, happened and they got abducted, but Betty eventually made stuff up. Yeah. Well, you know? and, and the, here's here's some other shit. There was another detail that the aliens noted that Barney's teeth would come out, but not Betty's because he had some small teeth. And there was another thing that said that, you know, because Barney died in 1969, so he died, you know, just a couple years after all this happened. But Betty lived on until, like, fucking, I think, like, 2006 or something. So she was giving speaks at, like, these UFO Comic-Cons, these UFO conventions, where she would talk about, like, she was almost like a celebrity there. And she went on one in 1980 where she spoke... For double her allotted time, she was supposed to speak for an hour, she spoke for two, and she was showing all kinds of, like, fucking blurry lights as evidence, like, Polaroids of all these, like, shitty shit that's, like, street lights and stuff, like, obviously verifiable. And there's a quote from one of these fucking UFO researchers that says, Betty doesn't know the difference between a UFO and a street lamp. That's what he called, that's what he said to her. So it's like, I, I, I honestly, because I've known so much about like UFO lore and bullshit for like a, a good portion of my life, I always kind of believed the Betty and Barney Hill episode or, or, or the event that happened until I researched it and found out that she was like, she wanted to believe. She was desperate to believe, bro. Well, that's, that's the whole thing is that at, initially they say this was the first abduction experience that was publicized by the U.S. media and stuff. But then you talk to... Uh, Betty Hill and she says that her sister has experiences with the UFOs and you're like yeah. well Look, I don't know and I why would you have like why would aliens like use 1960 technology like pulling down a map 
Like, why would they not have, like, some kind of computer or something like that? What do you that, think, Kim? I think that they both fell into fully a dupe, which is, like, madness of, like, two or more minds together. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that, like, Betty started this waterfall by, like, introducing a bunch of shit to her husband in a quick succession and then, like, continue with it. Because, like, the, there's a pattern. Like, her sister experiencing the same thing. Like, what is the... So, like, say everything that they went through is real. So, like, with, like, the pattern and everything, with her sister being involved and having the same experience. Like, what is the fucking... What's what's the the odds of that shit happening? Especially you know back what I mean? Then, yeah, back popular. then. And before anybody said anything about it. So, I feel like a ton of people or, like, a few of their close friends had an idea... And that that shit came out. Or, like, even if they did think that something happened. Say one of them had, like, some sort of snap. And they decided that, like, something happened. Like, the folio do. Like, I think that one of them thought that that experience was real, which is Betty. And her husband, who is less educated, had less going on, but was just as fucking smart, saw, like, signals that she was giving him. She was feeding him all the information. So even if you're fucking smart as shit, you're getting, like, the different information. You know what I mean? If you're getting, like processed pre-processed information you're gonna like interpret it differently totally especially with regression memories yeah dude people can implant memories into your dude mind. it happens like, every day have you ha- ever had someone be like hey do you remember that and you're like <gasps> totally Maybe. that's like the shadiest form of uh hypnosis yeah, yeah. Hypnotherapy. and i and i i saw this back when i was in college i took this psychology class because they fucking made me and they do this story where they would ask this girl they would meet with her three times in the first meeting they're like hey remember the time you took a hot air balloon trip with your dad and she's like no not at all and then they showed her a picture of it and they asked her again they're like remember the time you took a hot air balloon trip with your dad she's like not really and they asked her a third time after she'd seen the photo it had been a couple weeks she's like hey remember that fun trip you took with your dad she's like fuck yeah the one with the hot air balloon that was Mm -hmm. bitching because people can invent those memories jake you look drunk as fuck I've had that happen to me too, though. Like where you like try to like either romanticize or create something when you're a kid, or like your sibling remembers something different, and all of a sudden you change that memory. Like you gotta have a really sour memory, and you're just like, "No, nah, man, we had super fucking fun. Like this is what happened. Like that's exactly what you remember for the rest of your life because like that's the fucking pattern." So I think one of them might have had mental illness, or like maybe like memory suggestion at that point because they got the fuck interviewed out of them and then the other one just like tagged along because like even after these interviews they were spending a ton of time together like jake and clinton after dark and so like <laughs> they just like enjoyed each other you know the main problem is like jake and clinton after dark. that project blue book didn't take this story Seriously. seriously yeah. at all no and so and so they kind of shut project blue book down after this which was in 1969 and this happened in 1963, but at this time, like, there were so many stories coming in that they weren't taking most of them seriously, and they didn't take this seriously. I think most of the stories that they were taking, like, into consideration were actually, like, Air Force members and stuff like that, and so they weren't taking just regular citizen seriously. I'm kind of wondering, like, how this story even became popular. Like, to this day, it's, like, one of the big stories. Because it was, like, the first of its kind, though. Like, you know? Like, before it was all presented as fiction. Also, sci-fi used to be a huge fucking subject. I guess that's what I'm saying, is, like, they say that this was the first story that this happened. But I feel like it was almost even more popular back then because it was kind of... It was breakthrough drama. Honestly, like, it was, like, the... 
fattest thing that could happen. It's just like before Project enjoyable. Blue Book started shutting that things down by making celebrities in the media. Well, but did it shut down though? Because like the the fucking actuality of aliens or the option of aliens never shut down after this. So like Project well, Blue Book could have like closed as much as they wanted down. But once that was presented to like the public people, it never stopped. So like people were like, yeah, I cheated on my wife, but it's because the aliens just made my dick hard. Like it never fucking <laughs> stopped. You know what I mean? Well, that's what. Uh, what's what's his name that was in that band? Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, Tom McFarland. Yeah. No. Are you thinking of oh, God? Tom McFarland. Who the fuck is that? Tom. It's Tom. You're thinking the it's one who Tom. almost died in the plane accident. No, 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 no. no, no, no not no, the no. not the tremor. You're thinking of Blink Travis. All the members not of Blink Two. Barker. Uh, Barker, Barker, not yeah. Travis Barker. It's Tom something. Maybe it is Tom something. Not Tom Selleck. Shut the fuck up, Mark Hobbs. Tom DeLong. Oh, okay, yeah. So Tom DeLong actually came on Joe Rogan and said the opposite thing of what Project Blue Book was trying to do. And the, his company is trying to promote media to make people believe in UFOs, which is like the complete opposite things. Because we're opening they, our minds, that's what you're saying. We're well, opening our look minds. what was like released this year, you know what I mean? Okay, what do you guys believe? True or false? Betty and Barney Hill. Clint? False. False? False. Okay. I think they done made it up. I think that these two people were bored as fuck. They were in like a crazy relationship. Like, look at the rest of their lives. None of their lives is put together as fuck. Like, other than Betty's education, like, everybody else has their lives put together shitty as fuck. They're just bored as fuck, and they decide to do what they uh, see, want to do. See, because I, I, I don't believe it, but I think it was unintentional. I think they were in, influenced by pop culture at the time, and that he heard so much about Betty's dreams he, that when they did the memory regression, he was just influenced by it, and he was just wrong. I don't but do you believe they initially saw something? No, I think I think yeah. she thinks she saw something. It's like when you tell a lie that you think is true because you're incorrect. She's like, oh, look at that star. And he's like, That's, what fucking yeah. star? And she's like, look at that UFO. And it was really a star. And she thinks it's, a, I mean, she believes the story. I, I think she just doesn't know what she's talking about. When she was with that UFO, that UFO guy, and they were like supposed to be looking at UFOs. He said that like she claimed she saw three by the end of the night, but it was like just regular shit. Like, like street lamps, dude. Yeah, I think Betty Hill is like pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, but yeah. she's a good person. These people, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's a good person and everything. But I think that she definitely has some influences that make her believe in UFOs. Total. Some people want to believe you. Some people listen, which if is you, great. If you look at this, if you look at the clouds enough, you're about to see a face for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I oh, think shit. we've we've wrapped up almost on Gucci's episode eleven. We do have a spooky story to read. And then we're going to close this bitch up. Don't be so scared. So scared. Don't be Call scared. your mama because it's getting scurry up in here. Scurry. <laughs> uh, Clint's over my shit. Ten, no, ten. I, I'm just drunk. How, what temperature do you think it is back here right now? It is 54 degrees what right now. What do you now. think, Jake? I feel great. I feel like it's like 80, 90. <laughs> you <No>. do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... My mama has this thing called the shine and she's always, always had like really good intuition. So even when we were kids, like if my sister was in trouble, who's 10 years older than me. So like her frolicking times happened before mine or even during mine, my mom knew what was going on. So like the other day in the middle of summer, we were in the pool and I told mommy, 
I think I have the same amount of intuition as you, but I want to mess with it. Like, I really want to see what happens. And my mom stopped swimming with my two little adopted sisters, and she looked me dead on. She's like, don't mess with it. Like, you will not like what you're fucking with. My mom was straight up. So the other day, I was playing with some tarot cards at my friend's house, and this dude thought I was fucking around. And I've always said I had the shine. Like, you can't fuck with me. Like, don't ask anything serious you don't want to fuck with. And he said, when am I going to die? And the third card that came up, we did three-card reading. The third card that came up was death. Not even kidding. He asked when he was going to die, and the third card that came up was death. And, like, it was all about staying away from, like, it was the same as any other reading, but it was all, like, stay away from trippy-ass people and, like, quit being so high-strung. And then death came along. Well, that night, he called me, and he was like, yo... My girlfriend called me and said that I had a, she had a fucking dream that I killed myself. And it was like the most shiny thing that has ever happened to Boom. me. Huh? Don't fuck around with that, bro. No, mama told me explicitly. <laughs> so fucking dumb. You're so fucking dumb. You're I was swimming so with my dumb. mama and the kids. And I told her, I was like, hey, mommy, I'm trying to call you in the middle of the night. Because mom told me she's having trouble sleeping. But every night in the, like, midnight, I'm calling. I'm like, mommy, I need your help. And so, like, after that shit, like, I tried it for a week just testing out our fucking shine. Like, because I want to know. I want to know how, like, like, it's a scientific approach. And my mom told me she was having a real hard time sleeping that week. Like, after, like, I would wait till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'd be like, mom, I need your help right now. And, like, my mom fucking straight told me, I swear to God, I have diaries of this shit. My mom told me she was having trouble that week sleeping. And then I told her what I was doing. And my mom, we were swimming with my little sisters, Kylie and Story. We were swimming with them. And my mom stopped everything she was doing. And she's like, you need to quit fucking with that shit. You will not like what you find. Kim, don't fuck with that shit. I'm not fucking around. (laughs) This sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Kim. Episode 11, (laughs) Kim's hilarious. Gucci! Right, thank you, bye. Love you guys. Love you.